It's the dictionary. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. My name is Spencer, and this is my podcast slash show because you can also watch it on YouTube. Mm, YouTube. Uh, today is January 15th, 9:33 a.m. in the morning on this bitterly, bitterly, bitterly cold Chicago day. Oh, geez, it's below zero. In fact, it is negative six without the wind chill. Hey, everybody, I would sure love it if you could rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and maybe other places. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, go ahead and uh, like and subscribe and comment and share and do all those things so all of my wonderful information can be sent out into the world and the algorithms can eat up all their algorithmic goodness so they can be happy as well. Uh, you can contact me. Email is dictionarypod at gmail.com. Social media is at dictionarypod. If you want to go to uh, Instagram, x slash Twitter, mm, Facebook is just the dictionary. And uh, feel like, oh, threads, that's the other one. Um, and uh, my personal, if you want to see my personal stuff, is at spejampar, S P E J A M P A R. What else? You can call the Google Voice number, 917-727-5757. I got super lucky with all those sevens. Uh, you can call the Google Voice number and leave a message, and I will put it in an episode. Unless you say, no, please don't do that, then I won't do that. Uh, what are some other things? Uh, merchandise. If you want to buy merchandise, if you are one of those people who just loves this show so much, you could put it on your body. Put this show on your body. Uh, that's uh, there's a link in the T public. There's a link to T public in the show notes. Jonah and Tom have made my two separate theme songs. They do music stuff. Go check them out. Jonah, I think, recently said that he's coming out with a uh, a best of a best of Jonah Kraut work, and uh, he he posted a picture on his social media, and it was it was very fun. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I enjoyed it. Uh, okay, I think that's enough nonsense for this morning. Uh, let the, uh, that's the end of the episode. No, it's not. The first word in this episode is epic or epoch or some people uh, in the U.S. or Britain, British, they also say epoch. Epic, epoch, epoch. E-P-O-C-H. This is a noun from 1614. One. A, 1A, an event or a time marked by an event that begins a new period or development. The thing that starts the new thing. <laughs> That's the terrible way to say that. An event or a time marked by an event that begins a new period or development. Oh, it's the new epoch. When Spencer started this podcast, that became that, that started a whole new epoch. The epoch of the dictionary. 1B. A memorable event or date. A memorable event or date. Now, I don't think I've ever heard epoch used to describe a specific memorable date or time. Uh, let's see. Do I have any memorable dates or time? Nope. I can't remember anything. 2A. An extended period of time usually characterized by 
by a distinct development or by a memorable series of events. Hope they are not unfortunate events. Uh, so it's a long period of time, extended, depend, it's all relative, depends, how long is this extended period of time? It could be a day, it could be five billion years. Uh, but it's usually characterized by a distinctive development or a memorable series of events. Oh, we all remember those events. When the dinosaurs were living, we surely remember those events. Um, there are different different times in the Earth's history that are defined in these ways. There was the time of the dinosaurs, these certain dinosaurs. There was a time of these other dinosaurs. They didn't all overlap. There was the time when those, uh, what are those things called? The little things that put out all the oxygen into the world. That was a whole other time. Uh, the time of the humans, we're in that right now. Uh, so yeah, all these different time periods, these are epochs. 2B, a division of geologic time less than a period and greater than an age. So if you talked to a geologist or something, they would describe to you that there are that, that, that our history, our Earth's history, can be broken up into all of these different time periods. Um, and so there are ages. I think there, I don't know if it was the ages, but there's like seven something, seven eras, ages, and then the epochs, epochs, epochs. Those are shorter, so those ages are broken up into epochs. And then periods, oh no, I have it backwards. Division of geologic time less than a period, but greater than an age. Okay, so the periods are the big ones, the long ones. Epochs are shorter, I think that's what it's saying. And then the ages are even shorter than that. So the periods are divided into the epochs, which are divided into the ages. Like the Bronze Age, the Stone Age, the Industrial Age. The podcast age. Number three, an instant, an instant of time or a date selected as a point of reference. And the example of where this is, what we're talking about here is in astronomy. So an instant in astronomy, an instant of time or a date selected as a point of reference. So the astronomers, they're just like that, that time over there, that's called an epoch or an epoch. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they use that one. It does say a synonym is the word period, even though when we're talking about geologic times, period is a different length of time. But sometimes in other contexts, you use period interchangeably with epoch. The etymology says this is from the Greek word epochi. Maybe that's how they say it, which means cessation, which is all about stopping. And then also fixed point. Uh, and so the there's the, how to describe that. So I, I'm trying to connect it to like the typical how we use this word. Um, something has ended, and then this is maybe the beginning of a new thing. That epoch is there, and this epoch is here. Uh, that is also from epikin, which means to pause or hold back. That is from the epi prefix plus the word ekin, uh, which means to hold. So you put the epi in front of it, and it becomes to hold back. And then there's more at the word scheme. The epochs be scheming. All right. That's all 
for epoch, just that word. But wait, we have another word that seems possibly related. The sound effect is going to be... The next word is epochal or epochal. So you're still emphasizing the first syllable, the E, epoch, epochal, epochal, E-P-O-C-H-A-L. Adjective from 1685, one, of or relating to an epoch. That seems pretty obvious. Related to the epoch, it's an it's epochal. Two, uniquely or highly significant, and the synonym is momentous. As in, during his three epochal years in the assembly. That is a quote from C.G. Bowers, or Bowers. Uh, so, uniquely or highly significant, his three years in the assembly were very, very momentous and important and unique and significant. So, those why, that's why they were epical. Uh, there's also, also to this definition, we just have the synonym unparalleled. Nothing, nothing can match something that's unparalleled or epical, as in, <laughs> epical stupidity. <laughs> Spencer has reached levels of epical stupidity when he started this podcast. Unparalleled. Uh, epically. Epoch, epoch, epochly. Epically, that is an adverb. Spencer did that podcast epically stupidly. Uh, okay, no etymology. Moving on to... The next word is epode. E-P-O-D-E. Epode. Noun from 1598. One, a lyric poem in which a long verse is followed by a shorter one. A long verse and then a shorter verse. So the, the first verse might be 37 lines, and then the short verse after it is only seven lines. Um, so that would be an epode. Hmm. Number two, a... Th- th- no, the third part, the third part of a triadic Greek ode following the strophe or the strophe and the antistrophe. Antistrophe. I'm going to guess that's how you say that word. Antistrophe and strophe, I think. We had, I think we had strophe in the last uh, couple of episodes somewhere. Um, I'm not going to find those right now. Oh, there was, yeah, epistrophe was repetition of a word or expression at the end of successive phrases. Uh, that's uh, like alliteration, kind of. And then I think there was another one that had the word strophe somewhere. Uh, so, what is this epode? The third part of a triadic Greek ode, so a triadic is there's three parts to it, so the third part is the epode, and it follows the strophe for the strophe and the antistrophe. Uh, Antistrophe, yep, those are the first two parts, and then the epode. And maybe it has a long verse and a short verse, but I don't know, it could be so different than number one. This word is from the Greek word Epoidos, epoidos, which means sung or said after. Sung after or said after, which makes sense because in that Greek triadic ode, it's the third part, it's after the other ones, and maybe they be singing it. And that word epoidos is from the epi prefix plus adine, which means to sing. And there's more at the word ode.
O D E. Let's let's spell that O D E, not I owe you money. I am owed money. O W E D. Different, different world. Um. So yeah, they're often often sung. I'm gonna guess the epode. Never heard of this. I didn't do poetry. Next is eponym. Right off the bat, I'm going to say, I'm going to recommend that you go to the Allusionist podcast, which I have mentioned many times, and check out their episodes on eponyms. In fact, I feel like one of the first, if not the first episode, was about eponyms, um, which are things that are named after people, people with real names. They got stuff named after them. There's way more than you would think. Okay, eponym, E-P-O. N-Y-M. Just making sure we're recording. Yes, we are. Woo-wee. Noun from 1846. One. One for whom or which something is or is believed to be named. One for... It's worded so silly. One for whom something is to be named or is believed to be named. It's a thing that's named after something, somebody. Number two. A name as of a drug or disease based on or derived from an eponym. Uh, okay, well, the first one that I can think of, because I just listened to, there was a, a podcast episode from The Illusionist about Asperger's disease. I think they say disease. Asperger's syndrome? I don't know the second word. But very specifically, it's about the word Asperger's because it is... Named after a guy who did some really, really, really bad stuff. Pretty solidly some bad stuff. Maybe possibly some good stuff, but definitely some bad stuff. And that's the takeaway. And Asperger's uh, is on the autism spectrum. It's maybe a part of it, but the world, the, the, the medical world, psychology world, that everything has sort of, they've gotten away from the word Asperger's and just use autism spectrum to describe that. Okay, so I'm guessing that this would be one of those eponyms. I mean, it is an eponym because it's named after a guy whose last name was Asperger. Um, and so it's a name like a drug or disease based on an eponym or derived from an eponym. Maybe there's an another level in there that we're missing specifically with Asperger's, but it's a it's a thing, it's a condition, then we don't call it that anymore. Okay, eponymic. Eponymic is an adjective. This is from the Greek word eponymos, which means eponymous, which I think, yeah, that's our next word, uh, which is from the epi prefix, plus the word onima or onima, which means name. Name. And there's more at the word name. So if we go back to the word epi, the prefix epi, I think it's right over here. Uh, we have the, the definitions for it are uh, upon, besides, attached to, over, outer, or after. Um, I'm going to say attached to is the one that makes the most sense for this eponym. Attached to a name. A name is attached to a thing. Um, what are some other... The Hubble Telescope, that's a very obvious one, named after the, the dude Hubble who was looking through telescopes, um, the James Webb Telescope, that's another one. So many, but that that's that's um, 
If it's in that world, that scientific world, can we still call it an eponym if it's like so clearly named after a person? I don't know. Lots of things are eponyms. Go, go learn about them because you are going to be surprised. That was way grosser than I meant it to be. The next word is eponymous. It's the word eponym with O-U-S at the end. It's an adjective from 1846 of relating to or being an eponym. And eponymously is an adverb. So, uh, yeah, if it's just related to an eponym, it's eponymous. Oh, that, uh, that autism spectrum disorder, disorder I put in air quotes, is eponymous when, I can't, I can't go down that route. My brain shut down. Eponymous. Eponymously. The next word. It is eponymy. Eponymy. E-P-O-N-Y-M-Y. Noun from 1865. The explanation of a proper name by supposing a fictitious eponym. Hmm? The explanation of a proper name by supposing a fictitious eponym. Well, we have an example of this uh, proper name. It could be a town or a tribe. So you are explaining the name of this possibly town or tribe by supposing a fictitious eponym. So it's based on a fake name? Is that what it is? Eponymy. Hmm. That's there's a, the, the supposing a fictitious eponym. That's the one that's hurting my brain. I mean, there are places that are named after people, but this is about fictitious people or fictitious eponyms. I don't know. I'm confused about eponymy. Next is epopy. I just love saying these silly words. Epopy. E-P-O-P-E-E. Noun from 1697. The synonym is just epic, but especially an epic poem. That poem is so epic. Epopy. This word is from the French epopee. From Greek epopoia. Epopoia. I think there are two eyes. Yes, E P O P O I I A. Epopoia. That is from the epos epos word plus poiein, which means to make. And there's more at the word poet. So if you're making something, what is the epos word? Um, maybe, oh, well, we do actually, oh, hold up, hold up, we got that coming. Uh, so epos plus poiein, so the word to make plus something else, you have created an epic poem, and we just call it an epopy. Now, did that word change into the word epic? Let's look for epic. Um, that was over here. Um, what's the time? The time for epic, uh, well, it's either 1706 for the long poem or 1589 for something else. Uh, this one, epopee, is 1697. So yes, it's possible that we had epopee first as an epic poem, and then it it morphed, it evolved about 10, 15 years later into the word epic. Fantastic. I wish I wish we would have learned this word epopy. I would much rather say an epopy poem than an epic poem. 
Next is, here's that word, epos, or in English, I guess we say epos. E-P-O-S, epos. Noun from circa 1828. One, it's the number one definition for the word epic. Now, it doesn't say if it's the first form or the second form, but based on sort of what we've been learning, it seems like maybe it would be the epic poem. Uh, We can figure it out because the second form is a noun, the first form is an adjective, and this one, this one is also a noun. So yeah, it's got to be the uh, the long narrative poem, an epos. Number two, a number of poems that treat an epic theme but are not formally united. So it's not that these uh, number of poems are telling a story bit by bit, piece by piece. It's just that they all deal with the same theme, which is a big epic theme of some kind. Whatever that theme is, AI, that's an epic theme. You could talk about that for a while. But yeah, they're not connected in any way. They're just, that one's about AI, and that one's about AI, and that one's about AI, but they're all different things. It's a little bit like uh, the show Black Mirror. They are not connected, to my knowledge, in any way, each episode, but they are all about technology and the future of technology and being careful with how things, if things keep on going on this path what it could lead to potentially and the potential problems with that. Um, Yeah, that would be, I'm going to call Black Mirror an epos, even though it's not poetic. It is poetic. It's just not poems. Okay. Uh, This is a Greek word, like we saw in the etymology in the previous word, epopy, and it just means word or epic poem. So if we go back to the etymology for epopy, Uh, We will see that it is from the word epos, which means word or epic poem, and then the word which means to make. So it's the action of creating an epic poem, putting a whole bunch of words together to make it epic. Okay. Next is epoxidation, noun from 1944. A conversion of a usually unsaturated compound into an epoxide, which is the next word. Epoxide, noun from 1930. An epoxy compound is an epoxide, and epoxidation is converting this unsaturated compound into an epoxide. Okay, great. Epoxidize, transitive verb from 1945. To convert into an epoxide. Uh, as in the example, epoxide, epox, no, epoxidized esters. Epoxidized esters are exers, ex, esters that have been converted into epoxides. <laughs> the next word is the first form of the word epoxy. E-P-O-X-Y. Adjective from 1916, 1. Containing oxygen attached to two different atoms already united in some other way. Those atoms are already connected. They're in a relationship. And then this oxygen comes in and was like, I'm going to attach myself to both of you. I'm going to make us a thruple. But specifically, 
containing a three-membered ring consisting of one oxygen and two carbon atoms. So that's a very specific example of two carbons, and then the oxygen comes in, and they got an oxygen and two carbons, and they're a very happy family. It sounds like there could be other combinations of oxygen plus two other things, but it seems like maybe more commonly it's one oxygen and two carbons. Uh, so that's an epoxy. It's a, it's the, the oxygen is sticking itself. They're all stuck together. Two, of or relating to an epoxide. And we learned about epoxide. It's just an epoxy compound. That's the sound of the oxygen connecting itself to the other atoms. The second form of epoxy is a transitive verb from 1966 to glue, fill, or coat with epoxy resin, which is our next word. Epoxy resin, two words, noun from 1950. A flexible, ooh, this is a long definition. A flexible, usually thermosetting resin made by copolymerization of an epoxide with another compound having two hydroxyl groups and used chiefly in coatings and adhesives. Called also just epoxy. I was thinking that we would have seen that epoxy definition in uh, uh, maybe number one, the first form. No, that neither one of them is a noun. That's why. It's an adjective and a verb. So yeah, we just call epoxy it's a glue. It's just a glue. But, you know, this epoxy resin is very specific, and it has very chemical, chemically-sounding words. Okay. Um, when I was in college, I was using a thing uh, to create a stop-motion armature. Uh, stop-motion armature, it's a skeleton. We were just doing a real simple, like, wire armature, and you put some, like, clay on top of it or something. But in certain parts, to sort of keep it together, we used what I assume is an epoxy resin, You'd put this sort of clay-like substance on maybe the joints to keep them solid. The feet, for sure, we put it on the feet. And it would once you'd put it on, it would harden. And I think they said that they use this in car mechanics somehow. Um, we were using it for, a, obviously, a totally different purpose. But, um, yeah, I think this that would be called an epoxy resin. S sticking stuff together and it hardens so it's all good and happy. Next word is EPR, all caps, abbreviation for electron paramagnetic resonance. Electron paramagnetic resonance. That sounds like a really interesting thing. And I don't remember if we came across anything like that, but that's what it is. EPR. Okay, one more word for this episode. It's pronounced EPROM. It's all caps. E-P-R-O-M. It looks like an abbreviation. This EPROM is a noun from 1977. A read-only memory that can be erased. That can be erased and usually reprogrammed. Um, the example of this erasure is as by exposure to ultraviolet radiation. So you've got this thing, this memory, this I don't know what form it takes. And you can read it, read only. You can only read it. You can't add information to it. 
um, while it has information on it. And if you want to erase it, you expose it to ultraviolet radiation. Here, ultraviolet radiation, please erase my stuff. Thank you. And then, often, you can put more stuff on it once it's been erased. It's like, it's like uh, that thing. Uh, the, the thing, the red box with the sand, and it's called the... <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> Why can't I think of what it's called? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. You shake it. And then it's clean, clean slate. Um, it's got the knobs. I made a video with my friends many, many years ago called The Knobs, and it featured one of these things. And I, of course, cannot think of what it's called because the brain is dumb. Okay, uh, this EEPROM stands for, you knew it was going to stand for something. It's all caps. Erasable Programmable Read-Only Memory. E-P-R-O-M, erasable, programmable, read-only memory. This is memory that you can program it, you can erase it, and you can only read it. Okay, wonderful times today. I gotta pick a word of the episode. I'm gonna pick a word of the episode. We had epoch, epical, epode, eponym, eponymous, eponymy, epopy, epos, Epoxidation, epoxide, epoxidize, epoxy, epoxy, epoxy resin, EPR, and EPROM. If you ever have a strong opinion about what you think the word of the episode should be, you can email me, you can contact me. Are there other other things that I missed? Go check the show notes. That's where all the important information is. Um, do I like eponym? Do I like... Ah, epipy? I mean, I love saying epipy. Um, just go ahead, say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. Epipy. Epipy. Okay. Um, let's just pick eponym because I think it's just a fascinating thing that we, so many things in our world have been named after people. And let's just do a quick look at examples of eponyms. Let's have some other. Whoa. Really? Okay. Boycott, cardigan, dunce, diesel, Caesar salad, jacuzzi. I actually went to high school with somebody whose last name was Ayacuzzi, and in Latin, the J turned into an I, so I'm pretty sure she's somehow related to this jacuzzi family. Uh, Fahrenheit, America. Well, America. Marigo Vespucci. He never even came over here, I don't think. Nicotine, Atlas, Adonis, Sandwich, Barbie doll. Uh, Barbie was named after the maker's daughter. Go see the Barbie movie. Gardenia, gerrymander, Ruth Handler. Ruth Handler is the one, isn't she the one who made Barbie? Yes. Why, how is she an eponym? She's herself. Reaganomics, guillotine. Oh, that's just a small list of all of the eponyms in the English language. Some examples of eponyms are boycott, cardigan, and dunce. Some other examples of eponyms are nicotine, Adonis, and nothing rhymes with dunce. All right, that's the end of the that part of the episode, and now I'm going to talk to you about some movies that I watch because I just love I love watching movies, and I love itching my nose, and I love talking about movies. I think we're going to do two. We're going to try and get caught up. Uh, Let's see. Oh, the original color purple. 
Somehow I had never seen the original color purple in all of my years. It never happened. But uh, the I think that day, actually, Sharon was off that day, and so she was able to see the new color purple, which I am now going to go see today in about three and a half hours. I'm going to go see the new color purple, and I'm very excited. Uh, oh, and then uh, Soap Dish. Soap Dish, I had seen this a couple of times when I was younger. I was too young <laughs> to, to see this movie. Uh, I think I saw it two times. The first, I, didn't, I didn't remember anything. But and then I, as I watched it, it sort of came back. But I did not appreciate it as a probably 11 or 12-year-old. Uh, you know, as a 40-something, I definitely appreciate what that movie was doing. Um, yeah, it's just a f- sort of a zany comedy about the soap opera world. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of fun and, and weird. Um, little dated, just gonna say that. Okay, that, that's, that's been, this has been uh, the, uh, a fantastic episode of The Dictionary. Please join me again in the next episode, and then let's just keep on chugging along like that over and over until the end. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye. <laughs>